Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the Jewish sage himself, a Mr. Steve Herzig. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? Um, what a day today. We have a great day. We have a great show lined up for everybody because we have a very, very, very special guest, Steve. That's right. Her name is Laura Coleman. and That's right. She's the other woman in our lives. <laughs> she makes everything better for us. That's right. We, we have just... our wives, and that we have to check our calendar. Can we do this? Can we do that? And then we have our administrative assistant, a senior administrative assistant, Laura Coleman, who tells us what we have to do when we're here. It already happened as we were walking into the podcast room. <laughs> It did already. It, it already happened where we you were saying we have to do this, Laura. We've got to think about this. She goes, "It's done already." You yeah. know, I mean, and I thought, where would we be in life without Laura? It's just the kind of person <laughs> she is. And what are you going to do? We've mentioned her a lot on the podcast. We have mentioned her a lot, especially as it relates to the news. Uh, you and I started the news uh, when we first started picking out. Uh, articles that we thought would be helpful to those who listen to the podcast. And over a period of time, Laura started to do some research and send it to us on chat. And we'd get the the link and we'd be able to go to it. And, well, first introduce her. Let well, her I don't, I don't well, want to tell the story. Well, we're going to build her up here. You uh, know what well, I mean? We're she's building fantastic. her up. <laughs> she's great. Every- she, she needs to talk for herself. I know. Laura, it's great to have you on the podcast. And here's the thing. Laura, the funny thing is, is you're basically a part of the podcast all the time because you hear us through the wall, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Laura is on the other side of the wall of the podcast room. So, Laura, I'm so glad that you could be in the podcast room. And it's probably even louder now. It is. It's in stereo. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, what do you think? We've been doing this podcast. This is episode 42 of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams uh, as Steve's uh, senior administrative assistant that you'd be a part of a podcast team? No. I have to say that was not uh, in the... Position description, uh, I don't know how many years ago. I've been with FOI for 20 years, and I think with Steve years. since probably 20, 2008 or 2009. Yeah. So, yeah, that was never. never She's a survivor. The... She is a survivor. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. There's That's no right. getting bored in North American ministries. Never. So you might be tired, but uh, never bored. Uh, that's right. Well, listen, uh, we're going to have Laura on. We're going to front load the news because that's Laura's specialty when it comes to the Jew and Gentile podcast, along with many other things for us as well. But uh, we're going to front load the news. Normally we do that after our teaching. So uh, uh, we're going to look at the news first. Before we get to the news, I just want to remind um, our listeners that the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip, where you can right now go to foiequip.org and you can actually register for a plethora of classes. Right, Laura? Yes. Uh, we have all of our classes uh, through December uh, are now posted. You can sign up today if you go to the FOI Equip uh, website. Uh, you can sign up right now. For so, all of them. For all of them. I, I, I'm, yes. I'm actually, How do we get to the website, yeah. Chris? Well, it's foiequip.org. You do need internet, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to make sure they know let's the address. Let's start with internet. You need internet. And you can go on your phone, your tablet, your computer, and you can go to foiequip.org. And I just want to read off some of the classes coming up, okay? Number one, July 21st, we have 
Bassem Eid, a Palestinian human rights activist for our guest lecture series that we're going to be doing throughout the year. We're going to highlight some interesting um, speakers and let them come and speak. So we have Bassem Eid coming on July 21st. That will be at a unique time. That will be at 8.30 p.m. Um, so uh, mark your calendars for that. Then we have Paula Korn with Jewish cuisine, Jewish food. And um, I was just talking to her the other day, Steve, and she said she's putting together a cookbook of Jewish food for us. I know. Nice. (laughs) So come to that. You can register now. We're going to have Jim Showers on, the CEO and president of, uh, uh, executive director and president of Friends of Israel. I'm going to be teaching intertestamental history between the testaments. We're going to have a class on Zionism in November. What is Zionism? And then we're going to have a guest lecture again at the end of the year with David Brog, who's actually running for U.S. Congress he out of Nevada. Be, he could be Congressman Brog. He could be Congressman Brog at, at that point. He is um, known for being the president um, and executive director of Kufi uh, for many years. Um, and so, and been a friend of Friends of Israel for a long time. Yes, good friends with uh, one of our colleagues, Ty Perry, and that's how we got the connection. So we're really looking forward to that. Those are all classes that you can register online by going to foiequip.org. And Steve, uh, Laura, I have one more too. We have a new website where people can get involved with Friends of Israel. This is exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, so it's not just come listen to a class or a lecture, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's always fun. You can do that. We love that. But maybe you want to take another step and do some more with Friends of Israel. Well, I want to encourage you to go to foi.org forward slash outreach. And there you're going to find everything made available to you to do anything from, again, FOI Equip to maybe going to Israel for a volunteer trip with us, whether you're a young adult um, or an adult, you can go to us on or go with us on Origins in Hesed. You can come to uh, to New York City. You can come to Philadelphia, New Jersey on our Encounter program. You can get involved in our in our internship program, Bridges. All of that is made available to you at foi.org forward slash outreach, and all of these links are made available on on our uh, show notes for the well, podcast. Well, Chris, you know we did have Bruce Scott here who talked to us about those programs. He was just about ready to go to our trip to origin. So actually uh, they could go back and, and actually listen to that podcast that Bruce explained some of the yep. things that origin does. Yep. Exactly. And that was a few episodes ago. Yep. Um, so yeah, they can go back and listen to Bruce as he talks about, cause Bruce is the one in charge of all that. So, all right. So normally this is where we start doing the teaching, Steve, but we're going to jump into the news. But before we get into the news, I, I was talking with Laura earlier, and she brought in a list of resources that she uses to, to to drum up the news that we use in the podcast. So, Laura, why don't you go ahead and take it from here? And, you know, I get this a lot, Steve. What are trustworthy news sources for Israel? I think Laura has a great— I, I think she does, but before she does that, Laura, I want your test— I haven't actually heard your testimony concerning how you—what made you like Going to news sources. Oh, yeah. Um, How did that happen? I mean, it was kind of organic in that we were doing this the whole time. The whole time we were doing it. And Laura Laura started to help us. And then all of a sudden, it kind of fell into your lap. You're like... We don't do it anymore. Nope. Official, yeah. I just go right to her page. <laughs> that sheet we have set up. How did that happen? Yeah, so... Um... I, I guess I have to back up with like how I've approached news for the last probably since 2016 in my own personal life. I I grew up um, really loving the news. Even as a kid, I was a 
the weird kid who was watching the five o'clock news and I wanted to watch 60 minutes and, you know, all the, um, dateline, you know, I loved all that. Um, but in 2016 and, you know, probably before that too, I got kind of, uh, burned out on news. I just didn't want to even, even people I agreed with, I just got tired of listening to them going on and on and it felt like propaganda all the time. So I kind of switched to, um, just, um, scanning headlines mm-hmm. um on um you know CNN, Fox and um uh BBC. And so um and then I would also check out um uh NPR and a couple other sites. Um and I did that in my personal So you got life. a good balance. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you went I, you went I look liberal, people, you went conservative. Yeah, I look at people that I don't I wouldn't necessarily agree with and I look at people that maybe I would. Um That's really healthy too. Yeah, it it, I, it actually helped. And then I think just reading it rather than listening to it constantly. And then I also started, uh, I don't even know how I came across them. It might have been through um, Sarah Fern, who used to work in our media department. Mm-hmm. Um, I started listening to Al Mohler. He's been doing a podcast for years. And um, he does it every day. And I've always been fascinated on how he could do that every day. He, you know, he cultivates the news and he looks at trends um, he's got a lot of Laura Coleman. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yes. So anyway, but um, but I found out he has interns that do that for him, um, mm-hmm. and he actually records it um, before three a.m. and then the interns uh, turn it out for the morning. So um, I, he's not a robot. He's mm-hmm. got minions. <laughs> so, but um, but I liked how he always um, links the story, and a lot of times he does uh, mention uh, trends in Judaism. And um, in mm-hmm. Israel, he's very pro-Israel. Um, it's not his focus, but he certainly does mention it. So some of the first stories that I came across came from him. And then I started branching out into, I have to confess, a lot of it has to do with social media. Um, yeah. you know, I follow a lot of pages on on social media, and so that's where a lot of them come from. So um, obviously Al Mohler, but then I also follow Neftali, um, um Oh, yeah. Hananya. Hananya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he used to work for, he was social media. I don't know what his title is now, but he was social media for um, for Bibi. Yeah, for Netanyahu. Bibi Netanyahu. And he's actually a believer, too. He is, which he's I young... just found out recently. Yeah. I've always suspected it. And then I saw a T-shirt that he was wearing that it was very obviously, it said, um, My Lighthouse. And I was like, oh, that's definitely from a song. He's yeah. got to be a believer. And then I did a little digging. But I just found that out, like, a couple weeks ago. So, But I've been following him for years. So I'm Laura's suspecting. a sleuth. She's yeah. a sleuth. I did some digging. Those are key words. I did some digging. Anybody on social media is a sleuth. You know, you start digging into the, sometimes you know. It's a, uh, sometimes it's a rabbit hole. Sometimes it's a black hole. Yeah, exactly. You got, yep, exactly. What time is it? 2 a.m.? I should not have done that. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, but then I also follow Carl Tcrib, who um, oh has yeah, we love Carl. Ta- yeah, we love we Carl. Love, we love Carl. He we should just, get Carl on the podcast. We at some point. should do that. Yeah. See, Laura, you're helping out already. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, we met him uh, through our Canada ministry. He's been a longtime speaker for the Winnipeg conference, and so he does a lot of things that um, the average believer probably would not be able to do. He goes to um, burner festivals and goes to the Davos um, World Economic Forum, you know, these, um, you know, very agenda-driven, um, you know, conferences that, mm-hmm. you know, I think I would I, I would have to go, um, 
you know, wash myself off afterwards. Yep. Um, but he's able to um, discern what's going on there. And so he reports back to us. And so we've had him, um, we've had him speak um, for our conferences, but then also for our staff chapel and things like that. So yeah, he'd be a great guest. He would be a great, we yeah. got to do that. Yeah, definitely. We do that. Yeah. So, and then I also follow um, uh, Joshua Washington, um, who's with the Institute, um, Institute of Black Solidarity with Israel. And so, um, and in fact, one of our stories that we came across um, in the last couple of weeks um, came from him where his wife actually spoke for the UN watch. Yeah. Um, and so um, he was just bragging <laughs> about his wife, <laughs> about his wife. Being, Good husband. You know, she just happened to speak at, uh, you know, this smart conference. guy. Yeah. Smart guy. And He's so a good guy. <laughs> I did, I did some sleuthing cause I wanted to find out what she did and she's from South Africa. And so they, the, the guys, uh, Steve and Chris talked about um, her a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because we featured her. We actually gave her some airtime, too. We Remember, we featured her with we the YouTube did. video on there. It was remarkable, yep. but Laura was the one that found that Yes, exactly. Us. Yeah, so thank, thank you, Joshua, if you ever see this. <laughs> I know. Uh, thank you for bragging on your wife, because we would have never known about it. But um, um, And then um, I do follow the uh, other Jewish ministries. I won't list them, but there are other Jewish ministries that um, are, are like-minded, and um, so I do follow them. Mm. And then... Um, um, these would be, you know, Christian sites that aren't necessarily pro-Israel, but sometimes they come up with something. Um, you know, other parachurch ministries, Christian Bible colleges, um, popular posts from FOI coworkers and friends. There you go. So if it starts to, um, if I see it a couple times, I go, okay, I need to go check that out. Um, and then I also follow um, some Jewish groups, uh, Jewish Community Voice, which is a, a local paper. Um, and then also UN Watch. That's a um, great one, UN Watch. Yeah, yeah. Hillel Muir or something like that, I yes. believe, does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Stand With Us and um, also our friend Paula Jaffe, who works uh, locally with them. She's, the, I believe, the Mid-Atlantic States Director. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, we've, I follow her and, and also their group. And um, Humans of Judaism, sometimes I come across some interesting stories. Yes. Humans say, of Judaism. They have yeah. a YouTube, do they have a YouTube page? I believe they do. I don't know that, I, I like, I, I do like pictures. I like, and I like old pictures too. So I do follow some sites that, you know, follow, you know, people's stories. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. Um, and then I follow a page that a lot of times I come across random stories from them, um, a Jewish food. Um, you know, most of the time it's, it's articles on, um, I think that's where the hot dog, the, the gefilte fish hot dogs came from. <laughs> <Gefilte fish. laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was a good one. I wondered where you, where that came from. It was so, I mean, it was so it apropos. It didn't come from the Jerusalem I post. I don't yeah. think. Well, I think it, wasn't it on the Jerusalem it post? Oh, was. maybe it was. But yeah. she dug it up from that website probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I actually look at some stories. I, you know, try to find things that are like news, news, you know, like political or pro-Israel, anti-Semitism and all. But then sometimes I just look at it and go. Man, that would be fun to talk about. Yeah, that yeah. just, that's right. <laughs> Enough Perfect. with the bad story. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and then I also follow some travel sites. Um, some of them are not necessarily Israel travel sites, but just travel in general. And so sometimes I come across some, and I think that's where I got the glamping story. I don't know if you guys talked about that. <laughs> oh, one. we did. We talked but, about um, the glamping. We talked about it a lot. That's where the glamping one came from. <laughs> yeah, that one struck at the, I mean, it's funny how with some serious news, we can kind of fly through it. But then when we get to glamping, we're like, we're not glamping. Hey, we <laughs> camp at the glamping that's article. Right. <laughs> that's with your gefilte fish hot dogs. You that's know? right. 
Um, and then I also follow a couple of Jewish celebrities. Um, like one, one, and I don't always agree with her take on life, but I follow um, the girl that played Bloss, uh, Blossom. Oh, yeah. My oh, she um, does Jeopardy. Jeopardy. She does Jeopardy yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. She does Jeopardy. Yeah. She's very pro-Israel. Yeah, she is very pro-Israel. Um, you know, some of her political stances I don't don't agree with, but I do find her interesting. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I do follow people I don't necessarily, you know, I might not She's agree a neuroscientist yeah, as she's, well. She's, PhD, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah That's pretty amazing. A, um, yeah, she's well-rounded. So, um, and then um, for secular trends, I do follow, and this is kind of good. I think I picked up a lot of this from Carl uh, T. Crib is that I follow TED Talks, which I actually, I just find those interesting. I do too. You know, I'm a little bit of a nerd. Yeah. So, um, you're the coolest nerd I know, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then I, uh, follow the world economic forum, which sometimes is scary. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I do find out things that I wouldn't have found out about like the, um, the, the CERN. I had no idea, um, that's the, uh, that's where they're looking at the particles. Yeah. They're trying to, you know, break apart, find the God particle. The God particle. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I found that story there, but, um, and then I follow national public radio. Um, I have listened, um, to a lot of their interviews. A lot of times I pick them up on the radio when I'm in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, you know, I, I like listening to people that I, that, you know, I, I don't like to be in a vacuum. I do mm-hmm. like to find out what other people are thinking. Well, because um, I was actually, I, I was debating as we were putting this show together, I was debating whether or not I should run the NPR one that you did about the Palestinian yeah. heart, the guy, with which I still want to do. I just, it, it was a long read, and I we were getting yeah. ready. So, but I was fascinated by that story, you know. Um, I didn't agree with the way they painted Israel in some way, but I also thought they, they did a good job of talking about some of the corruption in these poor Palestinian people who can't get health care and there's corruption in getting them out of Gaza into Israel. So that was a very fascinating, it's on my checklist to, cause that's kind of a timeless one that we can do later on, but it requires some more reading than, uh, than, you know, the time we had. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, I I think they were, they weren't pro Hamas either. No. So they were very, or even Palestinian authority. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then, you know, sometimes I catch random story. I caught the, I just happened to be listening to, I don't normally listen to Jan Markell, um, but she was doing, uh, they actually were broadcasting her conference that they did. Um, I think she's Olive Tree, mm-hmm. Olive Tree yep, Ministries. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I caught the giant. Oh, the giant. Oh. I turned that into an article. Yeah. That came so, from you. That's how that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. we featured that on the. Did we feature that in the podcast? We did. Maybe? We talked about Early it. Early on. I, we multi-purposed that. That yeah. was. It was such a shock. It was Laura <laughs> that brought it. She said, I think you'd be. I think you should read this. And I said, a giant? What do you mean a giant? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a random thing. I was just, I was doing a longer road trip and I came across that. And, and I, didn't she turn that into, she took the, I think it was Jan Markell that turned the, uh, I wrote the article and she put it on her. Oh, did she? I think wow. she put it on we her. Did she really? I, I think so. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Look at you! It went Steve. on somebody's place. I think it was hers. I'm That's not sure, cool. I but didn't it, know it, that. it's been repurposed. It's just such it, a crazy. Thing. <laughs> that, we, I'll take that from you. I'll rewrite it and give it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how uh, the new cycle is. That's like journalism that. today, yeah, you that's know. Journalism, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I have to say that uh, Facebook now thinks I'm Jewish. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> me too. 
It's got me labeled. Um, yeah. So it, it is very interesting. But yeah, I think, I you know, the algorithm sometimes helps now that I've clicked on so many things. Now they're showing me things that I would have never seen before. Yep. So yeah, but that's pretty much how I, how I do it. And um, yeah, it's pretty much I look at it and go, is this important or is it very conversational? Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not sure, I just, you know, I, I was texting them to Steve. Um, cause they would come up at random times and with, especially if it's on social media, if you don't capture it right away, you're, you're never, I, there would be many times I'd come in, you know, I'd see something over the weekend. Um, you know, when I just went in to check Facebook and I'd come in on Monday and I'd be like, I have no idea. I should have saved it. Why didn't I save it? And so I started to send them to Steve over text. And then we started using the chat room, you know, we created a chat room. Uh, just for that and so I just send them as soon as I see them even if I don't have a chance to read them I just save them and yeah. then I figure we'll, we'll look at them later. Our listeners should know you know they listen to you and me Chris and we're kind of loud. We're intense people. Listen to Laura. So I know. Calm, I, I, so calm. I feel like and, I'm listening to an NPR podcast <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm kind of into it. Like, I'm just like, Laura, you take it from here, okay? <laughs> it's, it's it's just kind of nice I know. I, we, steady. We wear each other out. You know, yeah. when we're done, we're it's exhausted. <laughs> we are done. But Laura just keeps on I love just it. keeps on going. It's great. Well, I you know, I hope that people get a chance to hear, you know, Laura's not just going to the, your, your big sites. She's not just going to compile information from jerusalem post or times of israel or what you know she's she's following people that drum up uh conversations and i i you know laura for me when i think about the news i go i'm just gonna go to times of israel and see what they have or i love how intentional you are to go i wonder what would be a great conversation because the gefilte fish hot dogs is a fantastic glamping fantastic conversation piece so i i really want you to know i i value that you 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 look at it from that perspective and I think that really helps us a lot here on the podcast. Well, you're welcome. Yep. Well, it'll be. It'll, we'll, we'll keep it going. But um, so why don't we spend? Laura, stick around with us for a minute, okay? Don't sure. you know? Don't just leave. Um, Although she's dying. I know. To she's me. like, get me out of here, <laughs> Laura. There's some drinks down there yeah, for this you. It's definitely out of my comfort zone, but it's okay. <laughs> yep, it's all right. Well, uh, what what people don't know is that sitting in Steve's office right now is Alice Herzig, Steve's wife, and we said, Alice, you should come join us too. And she said, No, thanks. <laughs> she lives with one of them, and that's enough for her. I thought we would go, we could have a good time, and she goes, Nope, I don't care. I don't. I don't want to be a part of that. So anyway, uh, Laura, thanks for being a part of it. We're going to look at what's going on in the news. So Steve, you really like this one piece that Laura put on our on our feed that we could uh, share with you today. So well, go ahead. yeah, I wasn't aware of this, and I'm not sure where the site was. Laura, do you? It's wor- World Israel News. Oh, World to, Israel News. Yeah, I have to confess, I don't remember where I saw. Okay, because it, it was probably, probably a while ago. Okay. Yeah. The headline reads: Zionist Imam who condemns anti-Semitism. I had to pause right there. I, <laughs> that's, I did a double take. Zionist imam. Yeah. That, that alone, but that condemns anti-Semitism, gives main Hajj address in Mecca. In Mecca, yeah. What a headline. Uh, and he, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, was the one that uh, chose him. His name is Mohammed al-Isa, and chose him to give a uh, a address in Mecca. Chris, this is Mecca, and people are go- his own people are going crazy. Yep, th- that they would p- 
select such a person. It says um, hundreds of others reacted angrily in the choice, including Muslim clerics in Pakistan and Afghanistan. Some said Al-Isa shouldn't be allowed to enter the Namriya Mosque uh, because his contact with Jews made him impure. Think, think about it. It's not even the fact of what he's speaking about. It's the fact that he came close to Jewish people. They're, think about that. They're saying it, a Jewish connection makes you impure. It, well, it's kind of <laughs> like the temple, uh, you know, from a Jewish point of view. Yes. You, ha- you can't be around, you can't go certainly worship at the temple if you've been around somebody who's dead. Yeah. But what's... He led a trip in 2020 to Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. Chris, yeah, he led a trip. He, it says he he openly acknowledged the unconscionable crimes of the Holocaust in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he, they must be listening to our podcast because yeah. he gives them names. He's known as the Zionist Imam. <laughs> I have it, to say that's that's the moment when I went. You got to copy this. Uh, yeah, it was when he yeah he he uh, took took the trip to Auschwitz. He yeah. spoke at Yeshiva University, and they gave him an award. Um, we may have differences, but we must have love one another and come together. Uh, I'd like to meet this guy. Yeah, I would love to meet. This you should guy. try to get him on the podcast. <laughs> The Jew, the Gentile, and the Imam. imam. Yeah. What happens when a Christian, a a Muslim, and a Jew join a podcast together? That's what that that will be a big joke. You'll have (laughs) service. You have trouble. (laughs) Not with this guy. No, just in general, people are. It's it's just a hard. uh, Now again, the ending of the article was really interesting. If you want to get political and how people think. Israeli Israeli media pundits have theorized, that's what pundits do, uh, that by choosing Alisa to speak soon before U.S. President Joe Biden's planned trip to Israel and Saudi Arabia this week, MBS, as he's known, is sending a positive signal to the White House regarding a possible additional thawing of relations with the Jewish state. Yeah. It might have been politically motivated by the uh, crown prince to... Kind of uh, before we, to massage the relationship. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Schmooze. Sh- schmo- Mas- exactly. You, the massage Gentile. The schmooze. You, you. Sh- the schmooze with the, the schmooze with them. But I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing because another part of our news is the fact that right now uh, President Biden is in the Middle East. He's in Israel. I know he just visited uh, Yad Vashem. Um, and they said it was a very moving um, uh, 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 time. He had a slip of the tongue, too. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. What did he say? <laughs> we, <laughs> it, I, I remember reading, we uh, honor uh, those who are in the hall. Of, aye, aye, and aye. he was trying to say, and I forgot the other H word, but it, he, he didn't mean honor. It yeah. was a horrible thing. Yes. And he had to change his, you know, he corrected himself. Look, I've always said, Chris, at you and I are public speakers. I, I honestly, I don't know if our listen. They might disagree with me. Our listeners might disagree with me. If you follow somebody enough around with a tape recorder, oh, and yeah. go everywhere they go and have to, sp- especially politician. There's going to be slips, things that you didn't mean to you say. You can only measure your words. It, so often. I am less critical. Really, am less critical. I I give mulligans all over the place because stuff. You don't mean it. It's not something comes in your head, and you can't believe you just said what you said. 
So I, I, I want to say that, but it was interesting. Uh, Joe had a... He's got a lot of, a lot of mulligans, though. He, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he does that's get a lot. That's the entire 18 holes I think you're giving him. But yeah, <laughs> That's right. That's right. But anyway, th- th- this is very interesting because we even read, I think, in the last podcast or the one before that where we had talked about the fact that the Saudi uh, the Saudis are kind of changing their curriculum on, on the way that they talk about Jewish people, anti-Semitism, things of that nature. The Donald Trump, Abraham uh, Accords yep. have... Ju- it was, as an American, I'd say the uh, Supreme Court was very meaningful for me, uh, the decision that was made with Roe versus Wade as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But as a as a Zionist, what, what Trump was able to do, uh, no other Republican or Democratic president has ever been able to do since they passed the original law uh, or in the Congress in 1993. I think a lot of politicians probably wanted to move the embassy. I'm, 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 they talked about it, at least. Nobody had the chutzpah. They didn't have the chutzpah because I think they were scared about the backlash. But it's the chutzpah. But, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's amazing is that not only has it produced uh, you know, the fact that there's the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem now, but now look at all the relationships. When Biden goes to Israel— or, and the Middle East, it's an entirely different Middle East now from the one that he was even vice president of or senator during that time. That's a very important point. It really is an important point. He, he spent all those years in the Senate and eight years as vice president. This is first time as president. And forget the experience. It's brand new. Yeah. I don't know how he feels. I, he's, he's always been pro-Israel, but I don't know how he feels about that because – that was an accomplishment of, from his point of view, his worst enemy. Yeah, and it's you know when when you when you talk about the new Middle East that he's going into, it's just fascinating because uh, the he was talking about to the new prime minister uh, Yair Lapid. He was saying, "I want to see Israel completely engaged in this region in the Middle East. I want to see them um, linked with you know every." And I'm sitting here thinking that happened because of the Abraham Accords. And he's able to say that for what before it was, we want to make sure Israel's secure, safe. And he's, that's still the topic of conversation. Uh, the enemies aren't going to rise up. And now it's a different one. Uh, we are bringing together leaders from all over the Middle East for, for conferences in Israel, which is mind-blowing, you know. And I tell you, you can smell the aroma of prophecy all around. Yes. We just have to be, we have to have the, the right discernment as we read text because God knows all about this. These things are going up and you can't help but uh, with Iran right now, uh, strengthening their relationship with Russia, Israel uh, uh, doing the things she's doing. You read Ezekiel 38 and 39 and you just begin to wonder uh, you got to go back to the text and continue to go back and analyze. Prophecy is always important. It is. And speaking of Russia, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot these. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One was live and what and two were uh, press. Button, that's right, right. That's right. Uh, I. It's interesting because uh, the Russian. Uh, the uh, I'm guessing it's Putin. Uh, orders the Jewish agency to stop all operations in the country. Um, Steve, what is the Jewish agency? The Jewish agency, they're all around the world, and their primary, especially in Russia, their primary uh, responsibility is to get Russian Jewish people 
to make Aliyah. We've talked about Aliyah. And the tensions now, because of the war in Ukraine, um, has made it difficult because the Jewish agency is closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're closing it. And so there are, according to the article, there are thousands of Russian Jews waiting to make Aliyah, and they need that. Russian permission. They need yep. pr- the paperwork to get done, and there's a liaison that the Jewish agency provides, mm-hmm. and it's created a problem. Because we work, problem. at Friends of Israel, we work with the Jewish agency. We we provide funds to help Jewish people make Aliyah, immigrate to Israel. Um, you know, this, this, this has happened before in history when Russia has prevented Jewish people from immigrating out. Um, one oh, of, yeah, during the Soviet Union days, it was horrible. Yep, I can during the Reagan administration, um, one of the largest Jewish gatherings that ever happened on um, on Capitol Hill and in the in the what do they call that there uh, the the long not the garden where the Washington Monument is that whole strip of you know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're talking about. I, yep. I'm trying to remember uh, what it is. Anyway, uh, the the the. It was the largest group of Jewish people that came to protest the fact that Russia would not let Jewish people leave Russia. And that's when George um, H.W. Bush, he was vice president, then spoke. And he kind of took the words of Reagan when he went to Berlin and said, um, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. Uh, President or vice president at that time, Bush, had a a very popular saying that was uh, Mr. Gorbachev, let my people go or let these people go, uh, talking about letting Jewish people leave Russia and either immigrate to America or to Israel. It seems we're moving back into that way again because Putin wants to be uh, go move back into these the Soviet Union era. That's what we're seeing, expansion again. So it's, What's interesting about this article is the denial uh, of uh, the Russian side to say, no, this isn't happening, it's just reported. Well, it is happening, and there's – there's trouble. Yeah. Um, and But again, it pol- the politic is always important. You've got Lapid. We're mentioning Lapid. He's not even the elected uh, party to be the prime minister. That is, yep. It, and so now we got a prime minister in Israel who's not elected, who is actually the first liberal person as prime minister in a long time mm-hmm. because of Bibi uh, and then uh, Bennett, uh, who is also conservative and and russia at a time there's another election that's got to take place another we talked about that i was thinking about when when biden's over there when he is looking at yair lapid in the in the eyes and talking with him he's got to be thinking this guy could be gone by november you know (laughs) like what's the point of working with this i think the israelis are saying the president is talking to a person we had nothing to do That's right. Who is this guy? But he's there. He's there. He's going to be there. I think we talked about it already. They have so much to do in order for it to happen. He's the interim prime minister, but that could be for a while. Yep, exactly. I was often, it's not like that's a law. There's no law that said the only reason that he is prime minister right now is because they made a deal that they would split the Bennett and Yair Lapid would split the four years and one would take two years, one would take two years. Well, the, their government only lasted one year. So I'm guessing it's just his turn because they said, ah, you can have it. Well, Bennett left. Bennett yeah, just Bennett said, had this, to- that's, I'm leaving 
and so Lapid takes yep, over. Yep, exactly. So anyway, a lot of interesting things going on. And all the, Laura made it all possible. Thank you, Laura Coleman. Laura, you're more than welcome to stick around, but, but uh, you, you could leave if you, you want. You don't to. have to stay, but you're more than welcome to to hang around with the crazy crew here. We're actually con- continuing our study on the signs. Uh, of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus throughout the Gospel of John. Um, Steve, can I say this really quick? Uh, we're actually going to be moving the podcast. Oh, you should announce that. I, we're moving the podcast to Indiana. Next we're, week. Next week, we're going to do uh, our best to do a live show um, where people can join us, and um, and it, it will be a fantastic time of um being with our audience um we're going to be doing our podcast uh during our national conference that we're doing for uh for for, for friends of israel uh, seven feasts of israel um it's our, our live in-person conferences uh and p- hundreds of people hey, maybe come out. somebody listening here could be in indiana and they could be part of the audience they could be part of the audience is exactly right and so uh you know keep your your ear to the ground um we've got some exciting things coming the jew and gentile podcast is going on the road steve we're going on the road on the road again we're not glamping though (laughs) we're not camping or glamping we're staying in a very well-known hotel that's right exactly it's just a hotel (laughs) it's just a hotel but but no camping we'll be doing the podcast from uh, the grace seminary um what do they call that place it's like a their their conference center it's where they play basketball and have their gym classes that's right so anyway it's going to be a great time you want to be sure to join us if you're there if you listen to the podcast and you go to our national conferences come on out and be a part of our jew and gentile podcast steve let's talk about john well Chris, we decided that we were going to take the seven signs, the seven miracles that are in John, and we've already covered John chapter 2, the water uh, turned into wine uh, at the the wedding feast in John 2. We talked about John 4, the nobleman's son who was healed. We talked about the man healed at uh, at Bethsaida. We talked about the feeding of the 5,000 in chapter 6, and we're staying in chapter 6 because of the feeding of the 5,000 from that event, and we are in John chapter 6 and verse 20, uh, verse 15, sorry. John chapter 6 and verse uh, 15. So let me read the text here, Chris. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. Now let's go contextually here, Chris. We know that the last miracle that he did 5,000 men, you and I talked about how many possible thousands in addition to the men there could be, anywhere between uh, 15,000, 25,000, somewhere around there, because we put a wife and kids and uh, things as well. So imagine uh, there were, (laughs) he had some sardines and some barley bread, (laughs) That's what he had. It and, was a miracle that he had his lunch too. Uh, that that's we didn't count that as a miracle. But I told the story about me uh, as a youngster going into the woods and carrying my lunch because I thought I'd be there all day, and I took me forty five <laughs> minutes to eat the lunch. Uh, yeah, that's right. That young boy had a lunch that they could work with that Jesus worked with. So they were so happy with this. This was an amazing look. What Jesus had done for them, they wanted to make him king. They, they wanted to make him king. He departed again to the mountains to be by himself alone. That's interesting too, Chris. He's popular. Thousands of people knew who he was, and he's secluded. He wants to, he, 
evidently to pray. It doesn't say that, but he but does in other other and in Matthew and in Mark the same story is going to be there. So uh, he goes to pray. Um, now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over to the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because of a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. Oh, yeah. And drawing near to the boat. And guess what? They were afraid. Of course. You'd think they're... The other... When you look in Matthew and Mark, you know that... Because uh, this is a much shorter version. It's almost John saying, yeah, he walked down the sea. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, it's no big deal. I, that, John's version is, that's like a secondary issue here. Yep. He's, but you read Matthew and Mark, I mean, the wind is blowing. Uh, the These are these people know the water. Uh, the Sea of Galilee is about seven miles wide and 15 miles across, depending who's talking varies a mile or two here here or there but it's a it's a it's a giant pond yeah it is <laughs> it's not a sea yeah but because it's so low chris you and i know 650 or 700 feet below sea level because it's so low the hills seem like mountains yep and the the air coming across can, it, the sea could be glass and like that Yep, it becomes a storm, and that's exactly what happened. But John doesn't. John tells you that. Oh yeah, we were very afraid. <laughs> it was crazy. So Jesus is walking on the water, and what does he say? Don't be afraid. But Chris, you and I know context is so important. I'm the type of personality that what's ever in front of me is what I'm paying attention to. So now I'm paying attention to this, but I've got to remember what did he just do. What happened if they, and they, they must've been like me because they seem to forgot that he fed 15,000 or more people with nothing, but a few fish and some bread. Yep. What did he, he's walking on the water and he's saying, don't be afraid. And they are afraid. I I mean, I have to be honest with you. I'd be afraid. I mean, I, because you and I are where, where we are is where we this is the person that controls nature. I, I always like to try, you know, it's when you read Bible accounts, you know, you can easily just, you know, oh, he's walking on the water. You know, oh, the guy who walked on water. I get that whenever yeah. I talk with unbelievers. Jesus, the guy who walked on water. You know, that's like the story. But if you were really in that boat that night, a hundred if you were really in that boat and you see some guy walking on, because you're in the, the point was we're in the middle of this lake. Yep. And he's just walking out to you. I'd say. We got to we got to row to the side as fast as possible. But what you know, if you recognized him right away as Jesus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's different. It's I mean, still, I would still be. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'd be afraid. I'm saying they didn't fully, and that's what the whole book of John is like. He's uh, about. He's giving seven powerful signs, yes, miracles, but it doesn't always seek in. In fact, seven's an interesting number here, not just from the Bible. But Chris, you you've been a uh, MC. I've been an MC. But you have said from the platform. I've heard you. It's scientifically how many, proven. How many times you you say it? How many times? Scientifically proven that if you say something seven times, you'll remember it. It that it will stick in your head. And sometimes, you know what, Steve, you and I meet a lot of people, 
and people are always so nice to remember our names. And then, you know, and then a year will go by and they say, hey, Chris, you, you know, do you remember me? And I go, <laughs> oh, man, I'm so, you know, but if I go, you know, Joe, 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 if it has his name's Joe and I say it seven times, it will stick in my head and I will be able to come and say, Joe, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, it is amazing. Seven times is the magic number, they say. And here it is. And who who is the best marketer we know? The God. Bible. That's right. God. Exactly. The word of God. That's right. Seven <laughs> signs. That's right. But this is a good point, too, that you were talking about. You know, we've looked at Jesus healing from a distance. You know what I mean? When when the nobleman's son, he's yep. he, just he, by his word, just by his word, didn't have to see anybody. It was his timing was everything. I mean, that was the point was, I think the guy was trying to say exactly what time was our, my son healed? hundred percent. Matching the time. Um, Jesus turning water in, into wine. Jesus healing uh, the, the lame. Jesus feeding uh, the 5,000. And now we're seeing Jesus, like you said, he's, he's, he's controlling uh, the creation. He is using creation, he, he, uh, you know, beyond the natural order. He's controlling the wind and the waves. Gravity. Yeah, he's, he's walking on water. Walking on water. That's right. Do you know that's something that uh, movie, I'm not a movie buff, but isn't it interesting? There are so many, I can't think of specific things, but over the years I've watched, there's a lot of special effects that want to show you people who are able to walk on water. Uh, the Marvel people, they show that kind of stuff. It's powerful. Yeah. And in order to prove to the audience, if you're into science fiction and all that, in order to prove to this guy, this gal there, oh, they, look at them. I know Superman was able to walk on water. Yeah. That just shows who... And who Superman, that's... Uh, has its creator was a Jewish man, a very messianic Jewish messianism wrapped up in Superman. Hundred percent, and obviously, where did they get it? They got it from the Word of God, and it's it's to authenticate, to demonstrate who he is. And but he realized, hey, I got to do this in different ways. And mm-hmm. so the walking on the water. At, but there is another miracle in here. We're not. We haven't counted it. But I think it's Can I just say this, up. though, too? Isn't yep. it interesting that John leaves out Peter's moment? He does. Now, I don't know how intentional that is um, because he leaves it out, and that is actually a major part of the of the walking on water, you know, uh, that we love to preach, the fact that Peter asked to step out in faith to do what Jesus did. And make eye contact. And make eye contact, and the moment— the fear took Peter. Remember, he looks the other way. He starts looking around. He gets scared, and boom, he starts sinking. And Jesus gives him a moment of saying, "You know, oh, you of little faith," that kind of thing. And you have a great, oh, John, it's a great message, it's yep. a great message. You know, uh, John leaves that out. He does, and, and you know, I don't know why he leaves that out, but he leaves out that particular uh, you because know, I, I I wonder if it's just he wants the focus on what Jesus is doing. Yeah. And that's his, uh, the he's, sign. he's sticking to his theme, which by the way, for me as a writer, that's what happens when you write and something else happens. You got to stick to where you, it's pre- preaching too. You have to, so, we have a friend of ours who gets off on what we call rabbit trails when you, you're listening and he starts off here and you're okay. And then all of a sudden yep, you're over gone. here yep. and John doesn't do that. No, uh, exactly. He doesn't do that. And so, hey, you know, I, I, the, uh, thing that's interesting too is you know do you think john was on the boat going oh here we go peter <laughs> of all the guys peter you're the one that's gonna go out there come on peter you know? i understand <laughs> that's i understand that's right but <laughs> it, but there's another thing here that i i count as a miracle but it's not part of the seven in the verse 21 it says 
Then they willingly received him, so he got got on the boat, onto the boat, and immediately, Chris, the text says, the boat was at the land. Yeah. <laughs> Strong wind. Now, now, did the writer mean that, remember, they were rowing, and the other incidents, they were three to four miles. Uh, they're in the middle of the lake. We know it's about seven miles wide, so we could say they're in the middle of the lake. Yeah. Jesus gets on the boat. Were they going? Yeah. <laughs> And immediately they were in the lake. Or, yeah, did were they he, just there? Did he just move them? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you know, you have an idea? Well, I mean, we know it was windy, so maybe while they were sitting there gawking at Jesus walking on water, the, they were you know maybe moving. that's right. Maybe it seemed like boom, we're here. Yeah, here we are. Thank you, Boy, Lord. That went, that went fast again. It's the same thing. You're walking on water, and before we know it, we're on land. Yeah. You know, it was we don't enter, know. entertainment right to the getting off the boat. You know, but the. The point of chapter 6, since there are two miracles that we're talking about of the seven here, the feeding and then the walking on the water, then he's going to use it to preach. Mm-hmm. So his the, the miracles were his intro, if you were doing a sermon. He's giving an illustration. He's, he's bringing the audience. John is bringing the audience. Okay, uh, here's what happened. This really happened. And then he's going to talk about the bread of life. Mm-hmm. I am the bread of life. And coincidentally enough, if you want to say that, there are seven I am's in John chapter seven. So uh, that'll have to be another series that we'll do that another time. But uh, so he's got the bread of life. What does that mean? Chris, the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life in the context. We know he's talking, he talks about Moses. They tell him, Oh, Moses fed us. Yep. They, they get it wrong. How Tell us about that. Well, you know, the way I've always perceived it is that, um, you know, going back to Moses is that God provided manna from heaven, the bread from heaven, and it sustained the Israelites throughout their wilderness wanderings. And so, you know, again, like you said, they were going to Moses, but it was the God who was the one providing it. And Jesus is connected. Essentially, he's doing a lot of things. He's saying, I'm the provider. Uh, I'm the bread of life. But he's also saying, almost making an I am statement, I'm the one who also provided you with that bread in the wilderness wandering. So he's connecting a lot of Old Testament uh, um, wilderness, you know, uh, um, identification for the Jewish people at that time. But it's also him saying, I'm the prov- I will provide for you. I will be the one to sustain you. I will be the one to take care of you. I'm the bread of life, you know, the one that pours everything down so that you will have eternal life, essentially. And so you have these two miracles where he uh, first feeds the people. Then he has this supernatural ability to walk on stormy waters. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, so, yes, I am the sustainer, the provider. I'm fully able. I have the power to do that. It was it was a great way for for them but for us, Chris, if we glamp here, yeah, <laughs> if, if we, glamp, I like it if we glamp at this passage. You know, for glamping in a text, is you get a cup of coffee. Oh uh, yes, you put your feet up uh, and and you you spend some time. You're going to glamp with Jesus in chapter six. He is the I am the bread of life. He provides. He sustains. He's the one we look to. How powerful is he? He can walk on water. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He can feed us. We don't have to be hungry. And that's physical hunger and spiritual hunger. 
Can I say, yeah, I just was at Word of Life um, family camp, and I did a five-part series on the Son of Man. And Jesus actually uses that title right here, because he says this. Uh, Jesus answered verse 26 of John chapter 6. Verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So this is actually even going back to the feeding of the 5,000. Do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed the seal of approval. You know, when you think about the, when you think about the, uh, um, the events that were taking place, so Jesus provides the food, he provides the fish, the little loaves, and it feeds the five to 15,000 people. Um, when, when you think about him walking on water, there's a reason Jesus uses, and then he calls himself the bread of life. There's a reason Jesus uses this title, Son of Man, because it goes back to Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. And what do we see? We see this amazing human who has the capacity to ride on clouds. Daniel sees a, a human, a son of man. That just means a human being. I'm seeing a human being riding on clouds. He approaches the ancient of days. That's God, which means he's ushered into his presence. And then God bestows on him all glory, honor, dominion, uh, the ability to rule over everything, over every nation, tribe, tongue. And Jesus loves to use this title, Son of Man, for himself. So why is Jesus able to walk on water? Because he's the Son of Man. God's given him authority to do that. Why is Jesus able to multiply the fish and the loaves? Because God's given him the authority to do this, and he has the power to do it. Why can he call himself the bread of life? Because God is the one who's given him the authority to do that because I'm the one that God has bestowed on all all these things. And so I, I love that he uses that title for himself in that moment. And they would understand it, but I I, I tell you, I identify. I just, our people, my people, here's verse 30. Therefore, this is after your son of man. You, you, what you just said is inspiring, fantastic. You're right. And many of them knew Daniel. They would, they would at least know about him. Therefore, what <laughs> sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe? It was <laughs> they wanted more, more. Yep. Uh, it, this is good, but I want more. It, I mean, here we are. We're in. We're in our fifth. Um, in our fifth miracle, and it's amazing to me that they're it, they're yeah. What what more do you have? You know, it's it's like being entertained by a magician. Well, what else you got? You know, a magician's always got to up his game. You know, one minute he's making a coin disappear, and by the you know thirty years later he's taking the Empire State Building, and it you know boom, it's gone, or he's whatever. You know, the David Blaines and the all the different magicians that are out there. You're always upping the next thing because they know the audience. Once they've seen it once, you got you can't keep reusing the same magic trick. That's but that's Jesus isn't here to do magic. Jesus is here to prove something. He's here to say, I am God. Is it not enough that I've turned water into wine? Is it not enough that I healed a, a nobleman's son just at the right time and he was blown away by that? Is it not enough that I've turned, you know, uh, fishes and loaves to feed five to 15,000 The opposite people? of Dayenu. <laughs> exactly. It would have been enough. It wasn't enough. They wanted more. Is it not enough that I'm walking on water? Is it not enough? You know, and I think that that is what Jesus is frustrated with it's not the fact that they wanted to see Jesus do these things I think they really did but it was the heart issue that they were more into the sign than they were into the faith to believe and that he people is God. are still the same way. oh 100 percent same way and uh that that's why this is so powerful and that's why we have to do 
two more from here. Well, we got two more. Two more. But I mean, we're already. I mean, we've only got two left, and we're going to be doing one of them from Winona Lake. Well, Indiana. I don't know. We'll have to discuss that because oh, that's I true. think we should center in on the conference. That's a good point. I think we're going to take a hiatus from this just because. To be at, we'll be honest with those who are listening. We're going to be putting this together when we get there. We're going to ask audience if maybe nobody would want to be in the audience, Chris, or maybe some will. Uh, we're going to try to lay hands on some of the speakers and ask them what they're speaking about. Mm-hmm. We already know it's seven, uh, the, the seven feasts, but uh, their take, a little synopsis, so our podcast listeners could hear that. Uh, we're going to try to make it relevant to the conference yeah. uh, for them, and then we'll get back to the other. That's a good point. Thanks, Steve. Um, all right. So, hey, listen, everyone, before we wrap up the show, oh man, we got a Chris. good one. We got we got two, actually. I have had to change the way that we structure the Yiddish word of the day because I've actually made it where it's Yiddish word or words of the day. Well, we, optional. We, we wanted to pick two. The first is broit. 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 What is broit? Bread. <laughs> so just broit is bread. Jesus is the broit of life. <laughs> He is. The Broit of uh, Life. Put a Hebrew word in there. There you go. Uh, But, okay, so that's that's just a little bonus word, Broit. I've never used it growing up. I I never heard that word. I looked it up. The word that you chose, Chris, which once you told me the background to it, because I happen to be a fan, I'll I'll just say that much before I let you talk, uh, it's... wouldn't you know, our people are everywhere doing everywhere. all kinds of things. So everywhere. Share the word, Chris. I, I, I call Steve We're in, on our phone lines that we have here at the office, and I say, uh, well, he calls me. He goes, I got a word. Broy. I go, I got a word. And he goes, you do? And I said, yeah, it's Shreklik. Shreklik. Shreklik means terrible. It means dreadful or, or fearful. And it made me think of the disciples uh, when they saw Jesus walking like on the a water. ghost, yeah, like a ghost. That uh, I think it's Matthew's or Mark. It's one of them. Ma- Mark or Matthew says like a ghost, like a ghost. That's right. So Shreklik, they feared. Okay, Shreklik. But the reason I found this word was because, and I thought it was interesting, was because if you've ever watched the movie and the series of movies Shrek, it actually comes from Shrek comes from the Yiddish word Shreklik. It's all about this big green monster who kind of has to overcome fears in his life. And it was a story before it became a big movie um, for kids to watch and adults too, because I've watched it and I enjoyed it. Um, it. It was a book and it was about this Yiddish green monster, <laughs> Shrek, uh, Shrek, which comes from Shreklik. So uh, I've actually posted a great article from Mo- uh, momentmagazine.com. Will the real Shrek please stand up? Okay. <laughs> And so that's where the word Shrek comes from. It comes from the Yiddish word Shreklik. I love the movie series Shrek. I think it's hilarious. Our people and Yiddish is everywhere. What are you going to (laughs) do? That's exactly right. All right, everybody. Well, listen, we've got a great show. I'm so thankful that Laura could join us for the Jew and Gentile podcast. I'm sure you're going to hear from her again. And we're always going to be giving credit to Laura for all the hard work that she does to make sure that the news is just 
as it should be. So thank you, Laura, for being with us. Fresh reminder, go to FOI, uh, foiequip.org, and there you can sign up for all of the classes for the rest of the year. You're going to want to be sure to go to foiequip.org. Go do that right now. Just as you're finishing the podcast, go register for Basem Eid coming up. Register for Paula Corrin teaching on Jewish cuisine. It's going to be fantastic. foiequip.org. And if you're going to be in the Winona Lake area, be sure to join us for our Jew and Gentile podcast live. We're going to have information about that. You can connect with us. Be sure to come. We would love to see you in person and foiequip.org. We'll see you soon.